Thanks so much for joining me today. Before we dive into our topic, I just want to let you know that if you're interested in getting a deeper understanding of mindfulness and really getting a strong foundation for mindful living and a daily meditation practice, I have a course for you, a four-week mindfulness course where you will get everything you need to know to live mindfully and meditate successfully. Check it out on my website. Okay, let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to Ebtide Wellness, where you learn mindfulness-based techniques to help you meet the flow of your life. Here, we authentically explore what is going on within us to best meet what is happening around us. There's no stopping life, but we can meet it no matter what the tide. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Rupp, inviting you to be Ebtide Well. Hello, and welcome to Ebtide Wellness, the podcast. Today, we are going to talk about reactivity, that space where we lose control. And you know what's interesting? When we lose control, it's usually because we've been trying really hard to maintain control. (laughs) Yeah, mind blown, right? The harder we try to control life, which is absolutely impossible, the more likely we are to absolutely lose it when we have little little triggers throughout our life that remind us that we are so not in control. So, so many of us wonder why it's those little things like the kid who just won't put the toy away or that coworker who just won't wash their mug or the partner who uses that, that word that you hate, these little things, you will just lose your mind, even if the big things you're holding together. And this is because these little things, they just blow up our little, frail, imaginary feelings that we can control our lives. We've had too much. It's too stressful to control life. It's way too much of a burden. And so something little that just puts us right over our tipping point will lead us to being overreactive. So for those of you who feel like maybe sometimes you're a little reactive, um, a little fiery, hey, I think of it as my fire, let's talk about how we can find a controlled release of this fiery I care energy and maybe give ourselves and those who interact with us a little bit of room to not be perfect and to not be living according to the scripts that we have dictated in our minds of how our controlled world was supposed to be. So let's get started with a brief inquiry. I want you to either write down or just think about in your mind what you are usually directing your mental energy and thoughts to. Especially the sticky thoughts, the ones that are like really getting a little obsessive almost, planning a lot, analyzing, not putting it down. Okay, and of those thoughts, aren't most of them about things you ultimately can't control? Yeah, because we can't control anything. 
despite all the efforts that we put into it, which is the majority of our effort goes into controlling our lives or giving ourselves this false um, sense that we are actually managing to control our lives. We absolutely can't. Where we can have impact, we always talk about, is right here in this moment. That is the only place we have any impact whatsoever, any ability to be the masters of our life is right now. And in this moment, this present moment, we can certainly do things that might predispose the future to have certain outcomes. We can definitely enhance our chances of life lurking a certain way. Like I'm not saying just because you can't control it to decide, well, I can't control life, so I'm not going to take time in this moment to submit the job application or ask that person out on the date or be loving towards my child. No, all of those things will definitely put you on a path for the next moment. And that is how we gain sovereignty and impact on our lives, moment to moment, holding each present moment as the gift it is that informs the next one we get to live, not by obsessing, planning, thinking, and believing that we can control the path. That's the beauty of sitting in the moment is you're on the path, you're on the journey, I think of life when I'm getting a little bit too obsessed on an outcome, like when I'm hiking in the woods. And although there's a destination, it's really the winding trails that are enjoyable and that surprising stream that's a little bit higher or that tree that looks like a little bit different in the season. It's the path. And each moment along the path you're winding along is where you're living And if you're obsessed with having the path be straight or being just like you imagined it in your mind, well, you're going to be pretty angry and disappointed. So all those places that you control, all those things you think about, you don't have to. It's not actually your job to make the world behave, to make people turn out a certain way, to make life look exactly like that. If that's the responsibility you're putting on yourself, no wonder you're easily triggered, reactive, and angry and irritable all the time. (laughs) Because that's a burden you and no one should have to carry. Free yourself of the responsibility of making life have to look a certain way or else. That is an entirely threatening and terrifying job description. No wonder you're upset all the time. No wonder no one can do anything right and you're super reactive if that's how you're believing you need to interact with life. By control, I mean where you're grasping. It has to be this way. They have to be this way. It has to end up this way. Whether it's a relationship looking a certain way, whether it's a job, a house, um, I know when I moved into this house I live in now about two years ago, it was a real fixer-upper. As my mom said, it was a total dump. But it was so high on charm that I couldn't turn away from it. And I found myself in certain times of redoing the house thinking things had to be a certain way. There was this um, sunroom. And under the sunroom carpet, which was disgusting and pink, and I don't understand it, there was this beautiful brick floor. And I was like, cool, I'm going to take this disgusting carpet off, and I'll have a beautiful brick floor in the sunroom, and that'll be neat. Well, um, the glue of the carpet completely destroyed the brick. 
And so I tried to talk to every Mason, every person, everyone, like people walking outside the house, I would run up to if they looked like they had any contractor skills and ask them for their advice. I'm not kidding. And I was getting so stressed and triggered and mad because I couldn't have the brick floor. And then one day, some guys who were doing some work on the house were like, well, what if we did like just a slate floor over the brick? And it was gorgeous and cheaper and wonderful. And these guys just did it that afternoon. And so the outcome I was looking for was not carpet, because carpet's disgusting, and having a really pretty sort of hard textured floor. I was obsessed controlling the way that looked, though. And once I opened to the perspective of, well, it could look a million different ways, then life unfolded and I wasn't reactive and triggered and going crazy, but just letting life unfold. And so that's a very innocuous example, a room in the house. But think about the ways you are trying to make a brick floor from beneath the carpet and it has to be that way in some area of your life. It's usually the places that are threatened are not really feeling right for us that we used to do this. So if your relationship is feeling strained or unfulfilling, you might try to over perfect it. So you know those couples, I'm sorry if you're them, that you go out with them for dinner and they just like do these random kisses the whole time. And it's really fake and it's really annoying and it's lame. And when I see couples doing that, the overly affectionate and public stuff, I'm like, they're very unhappy because you're trying to over control saying, no, 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 we are happy. Look at us. Instead of just like being, be unhappy or address in the moment that you're unhappy and work on your relationship. Same with jobs, you know, children. Are you going to control your child's life where they go to college? Or I guess it starts before college, where they go to elementary school, high school, college, their jobs. Or are you going to hope in each moment you're offering them the wisdom, the structure, the support, the love that they need to be fundamentally good human beings to live their life without you over-controlling them. So focus the energy on you, on what you're feeling, on what your needs are in the moment, on how you can heal, support, and live and laugh in the moment to direct your future on a path that is one of love for yourself and those around you. And that's how you have impact on the future, but you certainly don't control it. What if we are controlling life? <laughs> what if we are? Um, oftentimes when we're controlling things, you can imagine a guitar string or just a really pulled tight rubber band. When it's pulled that tight or it's got too much weight on it, it will snap. And so when we're in a midst of a particularly a stressful situation, like a move or a relationship change or a stressful job deadline, we are tight. And we are easily, easily broken. And we are triggered and out of control. So thinking about when I mean triggered, what that looks like for you. So triggered, so just losing your shit, what you do. Some of us will just start swinging. We fight. We just start yelling or we're angry. And we just get mad at the world because it's not conforming to the plan we have for it. So we get mad and we fight. Others of us, when we're triggered, we run. We turn away and run and we just don't deal with it. We can't face it because, oh my God, I can't believe it didn't turn out the way I expected. I can't handle this. 
some people cannot handle when life does not work out. Like the bridezilla. She might just turn around in a pile and and cry. And that's kind of sad, even though she's kind of a bitch. (laughs) Other times we freeze. We just stand still in life, neither moving forward or addressing what's actually happening, and we're just frozen. So these are the stress response systems. When we're triggered, it's a stress response system because we are so stressed out about all the pressure we've put on ourselves to control a life that's uncontrollable. We lose it when it's too much, and we have a gigantic acute stress response where we fight, we flee, or we freeze. And recognizing this and how it feels can be very helpful in learning what to do in those situations so that we don't then engage in reactive defense or offense protective survival behaviors in the moment to make it stop or be different instead of adaptive, purposeful, and supportive, responsive behaviors. The difference is a reaction versus a response. And when we're in a highly stressed Um, highly stressed circuitry and working from there, we react. And the reaction is, again, survival. It's primitive. It's from within you to say, stop it. I don't want this like this. And you're going to do whatever is quick and harsh and like your basic lizard brain behavior, which your boss, I'm guessing, probably won't like. If we have the capacity through mindfulness to notice, oh my gosh, I know this feeling, I'm getting triggered, I'm about to lose it. Then we have the space to do what we need to do to find a response in a situation that's stressful for us. I'll tell you how to do that. But first, let's just take a moment. So a trigger could be when you're criticized by someone. A trigger could be someone saying, you're going to wear that? Or do you like that? Um, A trigger could be um, when you're just blocked by someone because they're slow. That's a trigger for me. I'm incredibly impatient despite teaching mindfulness. And if someone is just like either driving slow in front of me, I always try to imagine that they're like my mother driving in front of me so that I don't get mad at them. Um, But don't drive slow in front of me. (laughs) Or you can. It'll give me practice. Um... Some people are highly triggered when they lose money in an investment, when they're um, feeling like they're not going to get that raise or um, maybe they get laid off. So financial deficits can be triggering. Um, Being physically threatened, especially with history of trauma, can be um, triggering for many people as well. So let's take a moment here just to look inward and... Where do you feel triggered? Where in your life, when in your life, are you likely to lose control and fight, flee, or freeze and react from your lizard brain? What are your triggering situations. And when you're in these situations of being triggered, do you notice if there's a feeling, a commonality of feeling? 
Is it from being criticized? Is it from being felt unsafe? Is it not worthy? You know, what's the common feeling? Ashamed, sad, hurt. What's the feeling that comes with you when you feel triggered before you react? Is there a feeling there? And then what's your usual output? So if you've been triggered, are you the person who lashes out? Are you the person who lashes in? Are you the person who just can't do anything? So bringing a lens to our acute triggered behavior shows us, well, I hope compassionately, that there's some feelings that happen before we lose our shit. And the feelings are usually hurt or shame or something that's difficult for us. We feel threatened, whether it's our identity or our safety. We feel vulnerable. We feel insecure. And so we lash out. So these feelings show us where we have the chance to have an impact on ourselves in the moment, to help heal, support, and love ourselves. And we do that. We focus on that part rather than lashing out at the world to make it stop hurting us. We also get some ideas then by looking at triggers this way of what we do to notice our own behavioral patterns. Like, are you the guy who's known as the hothead so your friends don't really want to go out with you in certain situations? Well, by examining, I don't know if that guy listens to this podcast, <laughs> but by examining our patterns, we can say, oh, I see that you know, this is something I have a pattern of. And so now I see where that comes from. And so that's how we change patterns is where we get insight into their, their root. And I think you can also hopefully see that in our reactive triggered state, we're not doing our best behavior. It's coming again from the primitive reptilian survival brain. So it's not likely to be our most skillful response. And neuroscience shows us when we're in that state of heightened stress, we literally have narrowed down the parts of our brain that work. So the rational frontal cortex, their decision-making parts of the prefrontal cortex, they aren't, they aren't working. We're going pure limbic system here. And that's not where we make skillful decisions that have long-term perspective and self-regulation. So likely these reactions escalate the conflict and make life even more out of control when we were just trying to control it in the first place. <laughs> and these triggers long-term, if we don't know how to manage them, we get high blood pressure, we get immune problems, we get all kinds of physical health issues because we're just pretty upset all the time. And we look past the emotions that's at the root, the hurt, the pain, where we can heal and get into the stories that keep us away from our true root cause. Oh, it's their fault. Oh, if only it was this way. If they just did it like this, I wouldn't act like this. Those stories are such big defense mechanisms so you can rationalize and stay away from the more painful emotions. So we're not going to get into that today, but knowing that always the emotional root is where we heal. But right now we're working on the symptoms of acute reactivity and the tendency to try to control life. Our life is out of control when we're trying to control it. What do we do instead? 
well, we need to sort of loosen the grip, (laughs) not on our passion, our purpose, our service, but on the details. Don't sweat the small stuff. This is resiliency. You find the anchor and center. You find the anchor and your inner love, your inner light, your inner guide, whatever it is that you care about, whoever it is, the things within you that are not dependent on the external circumstances of your life, that's where you have control. That's where you have center and strength. Everything else around you that's changeable, that's out of your control, you don't sweat it. Not that you don't like it or dislike it more or less sometimes, but you don't sweat it. So John Kabat-Zinn has a favorite, a famous quote that says, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. So we allow the waves to come, the difficult emotions, the threats to our ego, the feelings of insecurity, when we feel afraid, when we feel criticized, when we feel vulnerable, we let those waves come. And we learn how to manage them because we can. When we've got a strength of center and we've got an anchor in self, in the moment, these moment-to-moment changes don't threaten us. Our last inquiry here before meditation, where are you still overly obsessed with the details, the control? Where are you trying to stop a wave instead of surf it? And can you feel the fear or the insecurity or the insult or hurt that is beneath this need to control? Not to change or fix or explain those feelings, but just to have some space and compassion for them and keep you out of reaction and storytelling. Breathing into those feelings, breathing into the space within you rather than externalizing. Can you find some perspective here to loosen the pressure, to release the steam slowly, to not explode? Soften into your own self-compassion. This is our choice here. This is our choice in life is when life comes at us, are we just like a punching bag for life? We bounce back and try to hit it when it hits at us? Or are we like a buoy in the water that can float up and down on the waves, anchored in center, and just enjoy the ride? Viktor Frankl says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power and freedom to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our happiness. So in that quote, he talks about the space between what comes at us in life and what we respond back to life with. And it's that space within us that mindfulness and meditation helps us connect to, cultivate, and grow. So rather than being that super tight rubber band, we're loose and free. And we have more room to allow life. So the meditation I'm going to go through today is built around the STOP practice. STOP, like the STOP sign acronym. So S is when you're triggered, just stop and pause whatever you want to do. Don't do it. 
disengage from the triggering external or internal, your mind can be a trigger, disengage. The T is to take a breath. This is what gives you space. Take as many breaths as you can, even if people are around, they won't notice. And this calms the nervous system. So the mind opens, you get a bigger perspective neurally. You can literally see more of the picture. O is observe your body, come into the sensations of how it feels to be triggered, come into those feelings we talked about that underlie your reaction to the trigger and just learn from yourself in the situation. And then the P is proceed, not to react, but to respond. Maybe you take more breaths. Maybe you walk away and say, I'll get back to you. Maybe you have an idea that serves you. So the stop practice. When you're triggered, see a big stop sign and just breathe. So let's put this into practice and do a visualization meditation here. I want you to find your center in whatever way is possible for you right now. Maybe you close your eyes. Maybe you lower the gaze. Find that breath. This breath is your anchor. This breath lets you ride the waves without getting thrown about. This breath helps you come back to perspective. On the exhales of your breath, just let yourself release the control of that which you can't. Inhales draw into the anchor within you to find the spaciousness, the openness of perspective that can be gained when we stop trying to control our world. Just finding your anchored spaciousness by letting awareness come to the breath, out of the stories, out of the plans, out of the control. Instead, come to the ease and the flow of the breath. And anchored in this breath, I want you to sort of pull up your movie screen, mental movie screen, and call to mind a time when you were recently triggered. Maybe it's a pattern in which you're often triggered, when you were reactive, angry, fearful, upset, and behaved in ways that didn't help you. I want you to really feel what it felt like in that moment with whatever triggered you, how the body felt, what emotions came with that. And just allow yourself to really hold what being triggered feels like for you, especially in that situation that's difficult. Noticing how these feelings and the body are guiding you to sort of blow up or shut down, whatever your pattern is. But the body, the feelings, they're pushing your energy in an almost unstoppable direction of reaction to survive this moment. So rather than let these primitive reactive tendencies take over, I want you to Imagine what you would usually and have done in that situation, feeling how the body is gearing up for it, how the mind is rationalizing it, the narrow, red-hot focus. 
But instead, what if you see yourself stop? Just don't do whatever it is you want to do so bad. Just stop. And watch yourself in the situation and do it now. Take three to five slower breaths. Feeling how your body changes even in this imaginary situation and watching how your avatar in the situation begins to change as well. Rather than going with the tsunami of force of the triggered response, you're pausing that, you're stopping it and letting the body turn around and relax instead. And perhaps you can feel the mind open, the perceptions, the ears, the eyes, feeling the situation in a more broad perspective with the breathing. And in this spaciousness, you can observe what is happening here. Why was this so hard for you? What stories were activated? Judgments did you feel? Where is there an injury, an insult, a hurt, a vulnerability that got sort of spotted by the trigger, reopening a wound? It's not about what happened. It's about what's within you. Allow yourself to observe how you feel when you last felt that way. And with that, you can have some compassion not to change it, but just to see and work inside and not have to react outside you. And so we'll move to the P, which is the proceed. And now that you've interacted with this triggering situation differently, what would be a more skillful response Maybe it's just taking time. Maybe there's a positive outcome from this. What could you do instead of losing control? Okay, releasing this experience. Maybe you shake the body out. Maybe you watch the movie screen close. Breathing into the heart. I want you to feel how things have shifted for you by opening up to a way outdated habit conditioned pain response from within you by seeing that you're no longer held captive to it. Breathing in, holding space, allowing yourself to live the journey of life without controlling it or fighting it. I'll leave you with a quote by Nehra Wahid. If the ocean can calm itself, so can you. We are both salt water mixed with air. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. I will see you next week. In the meantime, be uptide well. Thank you so much for listening and showing up, not just for this podcast, but for yourself. To dive deeper with me, check out my website at ebtidewellness.com and learn about personal wellness coaching opportunities and events. If this episode resonated with you, why not share it with someone else who you think might connect with it? I'll see you next week. In the meantime, 
Be Ebtide Well.